Sound Kitchen. Mmm, yummy. It's the Sound Kitchen. Ooh, that sounds delicious. Uh, you're listening to the Sound Kitchen. Mm, yummy. And Susanna Wexby is cooking. Bienvenue and welcome to the Sound Kitchen, where you never know what you'll be served. I'm Susan Owensby. It's Saturday the 8th of April, the 98th day of the year in the Gregorian calendar, the day before Easter. You still have 267 days left to do something splendid, like... Grab your boat, grab your hat, baby. Be your worries on a doorstep. Just direct your feet and the sunny side of the street. Walk on the sunny side of the street, just like Louis Armstrong tells us to do. And that's exactly what I've been doing all week. We've had a wonderful run of sunny days. It's still fairly chilly, and we still need jackets and scarves, but... If you cross over to the sunny side of the street, you can untie that scarf and unzip your jacket, which is wonderful. It pays to walk slowly because the flower boxes are in full flower in people's windows. Boy, am I ever ready for spring. Sing it, Louie. If I never ever since, I'll be rich and With gold just at my feet. On the sunny side of the a great imitation of Louis Armstrong. In fact, when I was very small, I got the two confused. How are you, everyone? Happy? Healthy? I hope so. Erwan Rome, our excellent sound kitchen engineer, is on vacation. But never fear, Vincent Pora is here. He has kindly agreed to mix the show while Erwan is away. And as a music programmer, Vincent has a monthly musical web podcast, has also agreed to choose the music for the end of the show. Welcome to the kitchen, Vincent. Our sweet Fitz, also known as Michael Fitzpatrick, is right here beside me. Good day to you all. And he's ready to mix in your delicious sound kitchen ingredients. Your answers to the bonus question on the listener's corner. So don't touch that dial. This is the sound kitchen and Susan Owensby is cooking. 
There goes the timer. Time to get the quiz out of the oven. On the 4th of March, I asked you a question about an article RFI English journalist Amanda Morrow wrote, France headed for water curbs as dry winter intensifies drought. We've had the driest winter on record this year. And as Amanda noted, as of early March, authorities in seven major river basins had been told to enforce water restrictions. And that was your question. You were to send in the names of the four French departments that were put under water restrictions in early March. Michael, what's the answer? To quote Amanda, four French departments, Isère, Bouches-du-Rhône, Var, and Pyrénées-Orientales are already suffering water restrictions, with residents told to avoid watering their gardens at certain times, filling their swimming pools, or even washing their cars. Well, in addition to the quiz question, there was the bonus question, suggested this week by Hans-Werner Lolika from Hedehusne in Denmark, and I hope I'm pronouncing your hometown correctly, uh, Hans. He asked us to share a memory of one of our grandparents. Well, you'll hear the answers later in the listener's corner, so stay with us. The winners of this week's quiz are... RFI English listener Tasmal Maomi Bushra, who lives in Bogora, Bangladesh. Tasmal is also the winner of this week's bonus question, share a memory of one of your grandparents. Tasmal Maomi Bushra lost her grandmother when she was very young, but she still has her grandfather, who she calls an ideal grandfather. This is what she wrote. He's an honest person who lives simply. Even though I am a woman... My grandfather always told me to read attentively, to lead a simple life, to cooperate with my school friends, and to respect my parents and elders. My grandfather always took me with him when he visited relatives. Now, I look after him. His health is not good. Please pray for him, my ideal grandfather. You can be sure, Tasmal, we shall hold him in our thoughts. And congratulations for winning this week's bonus question. Also on the list of lucky winners this week are RFI Listeners Club members Jahan Ara Hussein from Odisha, India, Alan Holder, also known as Dino the Dinosaur. I, by the way, am Dina the Dinosaur. That old man lives on the English Isle of Wight. Hearty salute to you, Alan, from this old woman. There's also MN Santu, a member of the RFI Amur fan club in Rajshahi, Bangladesh. And last but not least, Nirupa Bain, who's a member of the RFI Pariwar Bantu SWL club in Chhattisgarh, India. Congratulations to this week's winners, and thanks to each and every one of you who wrote in. More about the strikes here over the retirement reform. You noted in RFI English journalist Amanda Morrow's article, French unions rally protesters after pension reform talks end in failure, that despite a meeting between Prime Minister Bourne and the heads of France's labor unions, no agreement was made. It's quite simple. The unions demand that the reform be withdrawn, and Madame Bourne refuses to do so. The reform has changed since it was first introduced, and I wish people would actually read the law as it stands now. As it stands now, you ask? 
Yes, because it's being examined by the Constitutional Council to ensure the law is in keeping with the Constitution. They're expected to give their opinion on the 14th of this month, but does that mean it's all over? <gasps> Who knows? I noted that the law has changed since it was first presented. Not everyone will have to work until they're 64. Nurses, for example, will retire at 59, up from 57. Mothers will not be penalized if they, or if fathers, see quality working both ways, take time off to raise children. That period will count as working time. Numerous jobs are classified as penible. That translates roughly as hard on the body. And those people with heavy manual jobs or who work nights, for example, do not have to work until 64 either. For those who started working at a young age, there are actually some good additions. For example, youth in apprentice programs will have that time added as regular work towards their pensions, which they did not have in the past. And people who do a change of career and need the training to do so, that training period will count towards pensions. And the minimum pension amount paid will be raised. The bottom line is that yes, Everyone has to work two more years to have a full pension, and yeah, that's a bummer. But that doesn't necessarily mean until you are 64. I will never understand why the government did not explain clearly what's in the reform. And Macron really blew it when he went on television the day after they used the clause called 49.3 to push the law through without a vote by the assembly, which further enraged everyone, even though it is part of France's constitution. The executive branch has a lot of power here, far more than the U.S. executive branch. But why Macron did not use that time to explain what exactly is in the reform, I'll never understand. All he did basically was tell everyone, too bad, that's the way it is, which is not very helpful given the wide-ranging opinion amongst the French that he is arrogant and disdainful. For heaven's sake, his nickname is Jupiter, the king of the gods in Greek and Roman mythology. Anyway, we'll see what happens on the 14th of April. Meanwhile, the strikes continue. And I have a question for you about that from Amanda's article. I want you to tell me what Cyril Chabagnier, leader of the CFTC union, had to say about the reform. Again, reread Amanda's article, French unions rally protesters after pension reform talks end in failure. And answer me this. What did Cyril Chabagnier, the leader of the moderate CFTC union, call the reform? You'll find Amanda's article on the Sound Kitchen page on our website, rfienglish.com, as well as on the Sound Kitchen and Club's Facebook pages. Michael, what's this week's bonus question? The question this week was suggested by Father Stephen Wara, who's from Bamenda in Cameroon. Father Steve asks, do you have a religious faith? What inspires you to adhere to and stay with it? And of course, we'd add that you don't have to be a super practicing member of any religious group, just that you think of yourself as a member of a religion. For example, if you identify as Hindu, but don't regularly attend festivals or visit the temple, why do you see yourself as Hindu? What is it that makes you continue to believe that you're a Hindu? 
if you see what we mean. And thanks, Father Steve, for the question. Remember, we're always happy to hear your ideas for future bonus questions, so please send them on in. Me? I'm a cultural Christian, an Episcopalian, because I was born into it. I don't attend church regularly, although I like it when I do. I stay with it because I really love the gentle message of Jesus, which is love. As for the Episcopal Church itself, I really, really love how inclusive it is. Sorry, Father Steve. Although I must add, I sure am drawn to Tibetan Buddhism. I think the Dalai Lama is the cat's meow. What about you, Michael? Uh, I think you can put me down as a sun worshiper. <laughs> How about a druid? <laughs> you have until the 8th of May to get your answers in. Be sure to tune in on the 13th of May to hear if your answer wins a prize. As always, be sure you include your postal address with your postal code. And don't forget to let me know if you are a miss, a ms, a missus, or a mister. I don't want to get it wrong. Send your quiz answers to english.service at rfi.fr. That's english.service at rfi.fr. You can also text your answer to the Sound Kitchen mobile phone. Dial plus 336-31129682. That's plus 336 Always include your postal mailing address and if you have one, your RFI Club membership number. This is the Sound Kitchen. Sound, Sound Kitchen. Kitchen. And Susan Owensby's cooking. And now more from and about you. It's time for the Listener's Corner. Take it away, Michael. Today you'll hear the answers to the bonus question... Share a memory of one of your grandparents. That was suggested by Hans Werner Lodica from Hodenhausen in Denmark. And so let's start with his answer. Hans remembers fondly his maternal grandfather, who, he writes, was a farmer, a Sunday school teacher and a local politician. He loved to play cards with his grandchildren. And Hans says he has a special memory of him taking Hans to collect the eggs in the barn. The grandfather took off his hat and we put the eggs in his hat as we went around on an adventure hunting eggs. Malik Ala Bachaya Kokar's grandfather was a farmer too. He taught him all about plants and crops. Abdul Manan's grandfather was also a farmer with whom he would go every day to take care of the cattle. Jayantha Chakrabarti writes, Time flies back to Calcutta, my city of birth, where I can recollect my dear grandfather walking me in the parks every morning. Being a mischievous lad, I used to run amok and hide behind trees just to enjoy seeing his worried face. At other times, I sat on his lap as he swayed in his rocking chair, telling me stories from the Mahabharata. I'm indebted to him for giving me moral lessons which have served me well in later years. Though he is no more, I fondly remember his loving hugs, which make me feel so secure. Riaz Ahmed Khan has a very early memory of his grandfather from when Riaz was just four years old. His grandfather made him some toys from clay, which uh, the grandfather dried in the hot sun. Riaz said he played with them often and has told his sons about the wonderful toys from his beloved grandfather. 
Mizanur Rahman's memory of his grandfather is not a happy one. He wrote, he was always irritated. He looked down on us. I always felt neglected by him. Now he lives abroad and I wish him peace. Abdul Manan teacher's grandfather was, as he wrote, also always angry, but cared for them well, he and his two brothers. He wrote, my grandfather used to take us to school every day, and he also gave us money to buy any food we wanted. Both my grandparents are alive today. I wish them a long life. Let's move on to grandmothers. Radhakrishna Pillai writes, she loved me a lot and we were very close. During my childhood, my grandma and I went for walks and she told me stories about flowers, nature and about the gods. It still lives in my heart and I still cherish those moments spent with my grandmother. Karuna Kantapal writes, my grandmother is the mother of our whole house. She is the one who takes care of our family with a smiling face. She taught me to respect both old and young. When I was a child, she told me stories every night, all of which had strong messages for living correctly. She is behind any success I have achieved in my life. Mahesh Jain has an excellent story of his grandmother, Nani, who took the blame for something naughty he did as a boy. He writes, she was most loving and caring. When I was a kid, my favorite place to visit was always my grandma's house. Her cooking was way more delicious than my mother's. I hope your mom isn't listening, Mahesh, or you'll need your grandmother to protect you again. Mahesh continues, One day I ate an entire pack of expensive cookies that my mother kept for guests. I was really scared about what my mother would do when she found out, but my granny saved me. She said she ate them all. Obviously, my mother could say nothing. I will never forget Nanny's loving warmth, and I promised her I would never do such a thing again. Ha! That's what grandparents are for, to spoil their grandchildren. After all the hard work as a parent, ensuring your child is a responsible, contributing member of society, etc., etc., it must be heaven to throw it all to the winds and just have fun with grandkids. My sister spoils her grandchildren rotten. I think they probably go back to my niece's house, her daughter, their mother, with a mouth full of cavities. Well, grandmothers don't all spoil. Sadahut Hussein's grandmother was stern, it seems, and didn't, as she put it, want to see them wasting time playing. He writes, My grandmother was an interesting woman. She was very kind to me, but she didn't give me any opportunity to spend time playing. She told me, don't play, don't waste your time, study and read, and then read some more. She even broke my carom board, which my brother and I were playing with. This incident was very difficult for us. Yikes! Sorry, Sahadot. I bet, even as a university professor today, you allow your kids to play. Father Stephen Wara, like Mahesh Jain, remembers his grandmother's wonderful cooking. He writes... My late sweet grandmom was an expert cook of the traditional local Bali dishes, fufu corn and jamajam, which is huckleberry. In my opinion, and now long-time experience, she really was the best of the Bali women with her cooking. Each time I had the opportunity to visit her, I would get there as quickly as I could, knowing I would have the best meals for as long as I was there. Nasir Azizye wrote that his grandmother once told him he looked just like his grandfather, whom he never knew. She told him when she first saw his grandfather, she became quite emotional because he was so handsome, just like Nasir. He notes that he misses her very much. 
I miss mine, too. I imagine most of us do, as long as they didn't break your Corum board. Well, now, remember, everyone, this week's bonus question is, if you have a religious faith, what inspires you to adhere to, to stay with it? And our thanks to Father Stephen Wara for the question. Remember, if you have a bonus question idea, send it to us at the Sound Kitchen, all one word, no spaces, at rfi.fr. That's it for today's Listener's Corner. Thanks, everyone, for participating, and a special thanks to Sweet Fits for hanging out in the kitchen with us. As always, a great pleasure to be here. Susanna Wensby, The Sound Kitchen, Radio France International. Okay, my friends, it's time to clear the table and wash the dishes. Thanks for joining me in The Sound Kitchen, and keep those cards, letters, emails, and text messages coming. Many thanks to our sound engineer, Vincent Porat, for putting the show together, and thanks to you for listening. Be sure and tune in next Saturday to hear the answer to the question about the FESPACO Film Festival. The Sound Kitchen podcast is ready for you every Saturday on the RFI English website, rfienglish.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Susan Owensby. Be well, do good work, be kind, and stay in touch and stay safe, my friends. I'll play you out with music from Vincent, who kindly mixed today's show. Vincent chose I'm Going to Let You Break My Heart by Max Kinghorn Mills, performed by the British folk rock band Hollow Hand. It's from their newly released album, Your Own Adventure. Kinghorn Mills, talking about the album, said, and I quote, The attitude of the album is definitely do it yourself. It's about just doing everything yourself and not needing to rely on anyone. That's the one thing I love about doing this. No one has any answers for you. You're your own boss, and it's your own adventure. It's down to you. Do you like it? You can hear more from Hollow Hand's new album, Your Own Adventure, on Vincent's monthly Apple podcast, Bim Bam Boomer. Thanks, Vincent. Let's talk to you all next week. Dreaming about you Is it the best that I can do? Cause I knew it From the very start I'm going to Let you Break my heart There's nothing left to say